1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to God. I think we can sign off here. I don't oh, think dude, we have to say seriously, anything. <laughs> what else needs to be said? Man. Except maybe singing the Matt Mar song. Oh, death, where is your Man, sting? come on. Get the guitars in here. <laughs> um, I have not heard that song in a minute. I know, what a good one. I know. Um, seriously, this is just such one of the most powerful uh, passages in the New Testament, yeah. and um, which is... You know, we can see by the amount of songs that have been written yeah, out true. of the soil. Uh, you know, in the ESV, the heading here is Mystery and Victory. Mm-hmm. Great album title, great song title, Amen. great you book sh- title. We should get on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and he unpacks a mystery and a victory, which yeah. is the resurrection. And he's, you know, kind of continuing to wrap up this argument. And, you know, I, I love the progression of emotion here. Mm-hmm as a writer, like Paul's rhetorical structure here is just brilliant. Like it starts off kind of angry and sarcastic and he, he's kind of chasing down this, this heresy uh, of, you know, those who would deny the resurrection. But what I love is, you know, he's not arguing for like the sake of just theological banter, but it's for the sake of hope and for the sake of comforting the people of God. So what do you make of what he he's, saying here yeah i love that i i think one one important point to to note is how paul uses mystery Mm. so mystery is not like something that we may never understand you know it's it's just how we would think mystery define mystery like Mm -hmm. i just don't know like yeah, yeah exactly it's it's a secret that's now revealed Mm. And so it's not something for us to figure out. Paul's saying like, hey, we now know this. Mm-hmm. And and so what he's saying, you know, behold, I tell you a mystery or another sense like this is this is what Christ has revealed to us. Death is not the end. Yeah. Right? yeah. We are all going to be changed. Yeah. That's a fixed firm reality. And I love to your point about the progression. You know, if you think about the beginning of first Corinthians 15, it's it's this systematic defense of the resurrection right mm-hmm. like he's using judicial what would be required in like the law court to mm-hmm. to stake a claim and give evidence it's like this person saw and this person saw and then this yeah. group of people saw 
So he's like given this reason systematic defense. But like here, he's like moved on from that and just full throatedly saying, this is true. Like this is the reality mm. and the effect and impact of the resurrection of Jesus. What you see now is not what is going to be. Mm. And gosh, don't we need to hear that, right? Oh like, and don't we yeah. need to be reminded of that? Because I mean, as we talked about yesterday, like our temptation is to look at the here and now and to live in the emotions of a finite view of the world where, mm. gosh, everything happening around us, all the brokenness we see, all the brokenness we see in our own lives, like it leads to this, you know, depression and like, what, what can I do? Yeah. Well, you go to first Corinthians and you'd be reminded by Paul that, no, this is not the end. This is what's happening now, but this is what Jesus has, has accomplished. And, and I love the language of, um, clothed you know he he's saying in uh verse 53 uh for this perishable body must put on the imperishable hmm. and this mortal body must put on immortality and so i think like i mean i th- you know we all get dressed lord willing like every day you know we, we're like putting on clothes <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully you know yeah. you're in clothes now as you're listening to this. um but so you know, if you think about we, we in a sense are clothed with the frailty of Adam, mm. you know, like we, we have the, the frailty of our bodies, which are growing older by the day. I, I played basketball this morning and like my feet hurt already. It's only been like a couple hours, you know, like we're, yeah. <laughs> we're getting increasingly more and more yep. frail, right? Yep. That we're clothed in that body. But Paul is saying, the Lord is saying, there is a definite conclusion where you're going to put on something else. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and it's going to be the clothing of Christ that is imperishable. Yeah. And you know, I love like that image is reinforced by the rex- resurrection of Christ. They, they yeah. come to the tomb yeah, yeah. and Jesus is literally put off the grave clothes mm-hmm. and folded them up and yep. left them in a little pile yep. up there. He doesn't need them anymore. He's yep. put on immortality. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's an amazing foretaste of what, he has in store for all of us. And, you know, I love this, uh, this little poem in the middle, death is swallowed up in yeah. victory. Death, where's your victory? Uh, he, he's quoting the prophet Isaiah yep. and it comes from verse eight of chapter 25. Yep. Uh, I'll start in verse six on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples, a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine of rich food, full of marrow of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. And, you know, Paul, at the beginning of this chapter, when he's talking about He's building this case. He uses this phrase a few times, accord in accordance with the scriptures. Yeah. yeah. And what I, what I love about what Paul's saying here is, it, it's not just like this this new idea, but it's actually the plan for the fullness of time, and yeah. it's it, it's you know millennia old. This was not an accident. Yeah. Like, exactly. Uh, oh, maybe I could do this. Exactly. <laughs> and so, the the mystery of God. 
Yeah. It is one that has been set forth for, for ages and ages. And Paul is not standing on this new ideology, but one that he sees a thread that is tracing through all of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so we're both songwriters. Yep. Um, you know, there, there's this, uh, uh, debate of what song or what words you should use like in songs mm-hmm. and, and kind of the critique of a lot of like modern songs in, uh, is that they use the same words. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason for that, right? Like certain words sound good to sing or good to sing and yeah. easy to sing. But I, I just thought of that when you think about sin and death, like how, how often in particular, like the songs that we write and like the songs yeah. that we typically sing here at Christ covenant, talk about sin and we talk about death and mm-hmm. you know, but what I was reminded, even in reading this scripture, is we have to understand that the sin and death are like the two massive barriers <laughs> to hope for the world. Yeah, right, absolutely. Like, there's nothing greater, you know, the problem of sin and and death, right? The consequence of sin, and so that's like reading this passage and Paul, I mean, I love that you brought it. Like it's a, it's this poem Mm -hmm. because I mean, I believe strongly like the, these truths that they're so amazing that we should read them. We should declare them. We should write poems about them. We should sing them. We should shout them. We should, you know, they're that amazing. Mm. And so the, I mean, (laughs) the fact that we can tell death, one day death where's your victory yeah right yes that is a that is amazing it really is that that jesus has is victorious yeah over sin and over death Mm -hmm. and so friend like if you're listening to this and maybe you've already sinned and you're aware like gosh i'm not starting off well today remember jesus has defeated sin yeah. and the consequence of sin being death yeah. and and so i yeah i love like okay you know we're like in the heights of worship and you know declaring this to be true and then verse 58 therefore therefore my beloved brothers in other words this isn't just something to agree to maybe smile about it should have impact on our lives mm. And, and I love what he says, right? In light of all these things, we should be steadfast. Yep. We should be immovable. We should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. So in other words, the, the expectation of future glory and future joy should actually have the impact on me right now that one, I'm steadfast, but two, I'm abounding in the work of the Lord because I know that it's not in vain. Amen. Right? Yeah. It goes back to what Paul, you know, he he kind of lays out his testimony at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah. He says, I'm not, I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm yeah. not even worthy to be called an apostle, but by God's grace, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. That's right. Because, you know, I'm, I'm pouring myself out for this message. And, then this bow at the end of the chapter, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Yeah. May it be the same of us. You yeah. know, don't Amen. waste this. Like, don't waste these words. Don't just go to work today and and have a nice inner peace in the back of your mind. But other than that, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. But we should be 
steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord and have that, that conqueror mindset of, of Romans, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And so may we live with that authority of Jesus and that the Holy spirit lives in us. Yeah. You're on the winning team. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, first Corinthians 15 has been an awesome, awesome few days. Mm And it's a great place to end here today. I'm Jordan Coughlin. This is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.